the source of all things, and you are the destination of all things. We pray that through these words, your living word might run like living water from beginning to end. We might be caught up in its flow. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week, we found Jesus in hill country. There he was preaching and teaching his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. And this week, Jesus is by the sea. In the sea, in fact, he's standing, preaching from inside a boat with a crowd gathered on the beach to hear him. I mean, maybe we should figure that out one day, like the Kai Bay uh, worship service, and I'll be in like, uh, you know, like a dinghy or something, and I'll be like, can you hear me? It's kind of a strange image, but. And if we know there's anything about Jesus, it's that his teachings rarely come in lecture format. As a transfer of information one, from one person's mouth to the other's ears, Jesus teaches in parables because he knows that God's ways are not our ways, and so these stories are meant to show us just how strange God is and how strange God's ways are. He knows that the way God operates isn't just through conventional wisdom. Jesus, following Jesus isn't just common sense. He knows the only way we can understand or even begin to understand God's strangeness is by bypassing our rational brains and going straight through to the imagination straight through to the heart. And so Jesus prefers to teach in these short stories, these parables, using everyday familiar situations. Ones, though familiar, end with a surprising twist to break open our imaginations. And the plot of this story today goes like this. There's a sower, a person charged with scattering the seeds that will eventually grow in the year's crop. Now this sower goes back and forth from one end of the property to the other, and this sower is just tossing seeds left and right. Woo! Over here. How about over here? Doesn't matter where they go, and I'm just throwing them, flinging them near to far and everywhere in between. And since she's pitching seed without a rhyme or reason, they're landing all over the place, of course. I mean, perhaps some of the farmers here, like... A Maybe Tom and Roberta could tell us uh, just how bad an idea this would be when you're actually trying to, you know, toss them on the driveway, toss them on the roof of the house. But pitching seed, landing all over the place. Some land on the asphalt, so the birds come and eat them. Nowhere for them to go, nowhere to root in. So they just hit the ground, they're gone. Some land on spots where there's only about an inch of topsoil with nothing but rocks underneath. They sprout up quick, but there's nowhere for the roots to go. No roots, no way to retain water, so the sun beats down, they just wilt, they burn, they die as fast as they grow. And others, Jesus says, end up tossed up in the weeds, among the thorns and the brambles. They might root in and grow for a bit, or some of them might, but eventually the weeds will overcome them and choke them out, and they'll die too. 
But then, of course, there's the seeds that are tossed over there. The seeds that land on good soil, that deep, black, rich, good stuff. Maybe it's been pre-plowed or tilled. The soil just sucks those seeds right in, incubates them, and they spring forth. Not only do they sprout, they explode with grain. One seed generates 100 new grains, some 60, some 30. Just an amazing harvest. This is the surprising twist, of course, really the punchline of the parable. Seeds are scattered all over the place. And while most of the other seeds either grow and die prematurely or not at all, the ones that find their way into good soil produce massively. So much so that the number that do dig in and grow, no matter how small, more than makes up for the number that were lost. Anyone with ears, Jesus said. Let anyone with hear, ears, let them hear. And, and parable, and right there. It's kind of a weird transition in this text. This is how Jesus generally ends his parables. He lets people tease out the meaning from the story itself, but this time... In this parable, Jesus does something a bit different. Here he gives the liner notes, you know, on the album, you know. He gives an explanation for the parable and how it works. Jesus does the kind of heavy imaginative work for us on this one. Here then, the parable of the sower, he says. Or maybe, here again this parable. Well, explain it. might be a little bit more accurate. And he explains it like this. Remember that those seeds that were scattered over here on the path? This is the person who hears the word of the kingdom, the words I'm preaching about God and God's kingdom, the way that the world God wants it. This person hears, but they miss the point. They're confused. It's like the devils snatched up the word and preventing it from being planted in the heart. Seed's got no place to go, so it's bird food. And remember the seeds scattered on the rocky soil who grew but didn't have the kind of roots to sustain themselves. This is the person who hears my words, gets pumped up with enthusiasm when times are good, but has no roots to sustain his or herself during the hard times, during trouble. This person wilts at the sun's heat, the heat of persecution, the heat of struggle. And remember the seeds that fell among the weeds. This person who hears my teachings, but who's so fond of earthly things, like the lure of wealth, these don't wor words don't really penetrate to make much of a difference. These concerns choke out the word like weeds. Then, of course, there's the seeds that fell on the good soil and brought a huge harvest. This is the person who hears the word of the kingdom, who hears my teachings. This person is a person who understands them and bears fruit. This is the person who is transformed by the word and the good news of God's kingdom. And this goodness actually plays out in their life. You can see God at work 
making things new. So this is how Jesus explains the parable, how he ruins the punchline, so to speak. He usually doesn't do that. Usually he gives us a little to chew on. In the end, Jesus' teachings about the kingdom are the seed scattered by the sower. Some will land, some will make no impact on their hearers. But in the end, there are some hearers for whom Jesus' teachings will land like good soil. They're, they'll hear it, they'll be nourished by it, they'll grow, they'll bear spiritual fruit, and everybody will be able to see 160, 30 fold. Now, usually when this parable is talked about, it's usually about the work of evangelism, about the word about spreading the good news about Jesus, and that's important. But Jesus, remember how Jesus says it's the good news of the kingdom, the word of the kingdom, that it's not just spoken words, but it's also the kingdom attached to it. The kingdom is the world the way that God wants it to be, the kingdom of God, here on earth. So it's not just word that these seeds are scattered as, it's also deed. These two are bound together, that God uses words and deeds to make a difference in people's lives. And for those of us for whom the seed of the kingdom has taken root in our own hearts, one of the things we usually want to do is make a difference, a big difference. We want to go out and do something. We feel empowered to go the extra mile, especially when it comes to helping other people. So we become sowers ourselves. And we start doing things, things that we wouldn't have done before, things that are actually changing at least us and making a difference. But more often than not, we can become discouraged. We can become discouraged because a lot of the seeds we scatter don't seem to root in at all. We give someone or something all of our energy, then we see little or no change, no real outcome that we can see. This is the case especially when we give help to people who are down and out, especially those with addictions or other afflictions, it happens a lot. People whose lives are in pieces. Our help often doesn't seem to make much of a difference. Or it can be working for justice. So often the odds are stacked against positive social change that we figure that it's probably not even worth a try because the powers are so big and we are so small. but maybe it's the place I'm in in life, but I also thought, especially of raising children. The truth is, we can't control our relationships with our children, the outcome of them. We can't control the outcome of their lives. And this, like all these other seed scatters, is one of the most maddening, saddening sources of discouragement in the Christian life to scatter those seeds, you know, there, 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 there. And to see no fruit. 
to see no outcome of our actions and what we do. It can be so discouraging. It can be a letdown. In fact, for some people, they burn brightly, kind of like the parable says. They grow up quick. They try to make a difference, and then it doesn't seem like there's a difference being made, so it's, that's it. Obviously, this Jesus thing doesn't make much of a difference. So I'm just going to move on to something that maybe will. In the end, though, for followers of Jesus, immediate change is not the point. It's not really within the rule book. It's not really the promise that's there. I mean, I love Martin Luther King, his phrase that says, the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice. We are not in the realm of the immediate. God is not always in the realm of the immediate change, the immediate difference. I mean, finance committee meetings aren't the place I usually expect to have a little divine light shine on things. But in our meeting this past week, a story was shared about a person who was facing some tremendous hardship in their life in the Comox Valley. During that time, they became a regular at the soup kitchen, the Sunshine Lunch Club, that runs out of St. George's five days a week. And apparently, this person had moved to Prince Rupert. It had been years in between, but this person had moved to Prince Rupert, eventually made it back on his or her feet, and had a job now with a steady income. We only really knew this because the church received a donation of several hundred dollars with a thank you note for the time that this person had spent at the soup kitchen. This person wanted to give back and make a difference in the same way they needed when they were down and out. It was years that went by. Nobody saw this. Nobody probably even noticed this person was gone except for their friends. This person was just another name and a face among hundreds at the drop-in. Well, for so many people, the soup kitchen is just a way to keep alive, which is good, but not a way to change. For us, it's also a way to scatter seed in the trust that God will reap the harvest someday. Even when we don't see the harvest. So many lives seem too rocky, shallow, or choked out to make an impact, but in this case, and many others, seed falls on good soil. We don't know what the good soil is from the bad. God used this moment to bring this person healing and new life through seeds that were scattered through faithful volunteers and through this community of faith. So, our job is to be like those, that crazy sower, just going like, Ha! Huh. Ha! Huh. Whoa! Hey! There we go! How about over there? Some in the rafters! Oh! How about how? Oh! I know! There ain't nobody out here, but here we go! Our job is to scatter seed indiscriminately with the trust that the outcome, the fruit, is God's doing. The great Catholic spiritual master 
Thomas Merton once said that our job as Christians is to love others without stopping to inquire as to whether or not they are worthy. But Jesus adds this other essential piece too. To love others with the knowledge that we may never see the impact of that love. To bring good news, to help men's lives, to seek justice and resist evil even when we may never see the fruits of our planting in this world, but maybe the next. I'm reminded of that phrase, let go and let God, which I'm not usually for Christian cliches, seriously. I, I find them to be cheesy, let go and let God. But I'm reminded of that phrase. As long as, long as it doesn't mean we simply let go of everything and let God do it all. To let go and let God means that our job is to scatter the seed and it's job, God's job to bring the growth. As the Apostle Paul said, I planted, he watered, but God brings the growth. We let go of the outcome in trust. And even though God the sower gives us the seed, and commissions us to continue the work of the kingdom by scattering it, scattering it, the harvest itself belongs to God. And that's good news. And for that good news, thanks be to God. Amen.